Warning! Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems including but not limited to impaired judgment, organ failure, projectile expulsion of Taco Bell, limp dick, distorted recognition of potential sexual partners, and poop. Lots of poop. Please enjoy this podcast responsibly. If you're happy and you know it, Papa Cook. If you're anxious and you know it, take a sip. Hey, 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 wobbly winos, and welcome to Why We're Whining, the holiday bender taking you on a wine adventure. I'm Tommy Lucas. And I'm Lucy Zukaitis. And uh, Lucy, what are we whining about today? I hate to be predictable, but holiday drinking. Oh, I thought we were going to mix it up, but that's okay. I'm down with that. (laughs) No, no mixers here. (laughs) Excellent. Well, today we are drinking an Italian Rosato. (gasps) Ooh. It's our first one. It is. It is. This is the uh, Paloncini Rosato. Oh, see. And it is from the Rubicon or Rubicone. And that's uh, IGT. I don't know what that that stands for, but um, it's in Italy. And uh, this one here is 12%. And this is our first rosé that we're drinking here. I'm excited. I love rosé. Yeah, it's not rosé season right now, but, you know, um, I it's think okay. every season is rosé season. I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit about this rosé that we have here. Well, it's a rosato, not a rosé. And um, oh, What's the difference? So the difference between that is a rosato is Italy's take on a rosé, and it's made using traditional rosé practices. Mm-hmm. But the thing about rosato is that it's made with grapes that are only found in the regions of Italy, oh. which then you can call it a rosato as opposed to a rosé. Huh. So you're not going to see rosatos made with like Pinot Noirs, but instead it's going to be more like Sangioveses or uh, Montepulciano's or that hmm. type of thing. And what is this one? This one is 51% Sangiovese and 49% Merlot. Oh, okay. And this is kind of Italy's take on a Provence-style rosé. It is grown in the Rubicone region. And that's in the northern part of Italy, I know, for your geographically-minded brain. That's very important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's interesting, you know, you say Provence style, you think it's going to be more of like a Grenache rosé or like a Pinot Noir rosé, but this is Sangiovese and Merlot. So this one specifically is fermented and aged in stainless steel, Mm -hmm. but was noted to be bottled ripe and fresh. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. I quite like the bottle. It's got a pretty bunch of pale pink balloons tied with a little black bow. Okay. It makes me happy. It makes me want to drink it. Is this a color that you would prefer to wear a dress in? Absolutely, yeah. You always make fun of me when I try and say colors, so why don't you tell me what color it is? Shoot, I'm in a bat cave, but... um. Okay. It's like a pale pink, but not like baby pink. Sure, let's go with that. Color-wise, it's similar to like a Provence-style rosé. Yeah, yes. What do you smell on it? Oh, hang on. Let me pour it. I'm behind. (laughs) The Lucy Zucaita story. (laughs) Truer words, my friend. (laughs) Don't I know it? (laughs) What do you mean? I was only two hours late for this today. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call that a victory. (laughs) 
I like Ooh. the nose on this. I feel like I'm getting um, some strawberry. Definitely strawberry. Maybe some other berry action, but that's like the one that's really coming through for me. Yeah, maybe like a slight little bit of like very, very slight cherry. Mm-hmm. I think so too. It definitely smells a little fruity, but um, let's see how it is on the finish here. Let's just give it a, give right. it a sip. Here we go. Oh, that's nice. Nice and tart. It's got a little more of a bite than I might have expected from the nose. Yeah, it definitely finishes with a little bit of an acid kick. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Yeah, flavor profile-wise, getting a little bit of that strawberry, but it's not as strong as it is on the nose. No, I feel like you taste the cherry more. Definitely taste the cherry, yeah. And that acid bite on the end just kind of cleans everything out. Yeah, this could be a definite nice little uh, beach sipper for sure. Why? Because rosé season has to be in the summer. No, that's not always true. <laughs> Just traditionally speaking. I break the mold. <laughs> what would you have to eat with this? I'm picturing myself having a nice salad. There's probably mm. some chicken breast on there. Mm. Maybe some fruit in the salad. Would this go good with that peach salad yes. that we like? Yes. <laughs> yeah, with the corn and the basil and stuff in the dressing. Oh, and that'd things. be really like, nice. There isn't necessarily an herbal note in this wine, but I think that it would complement well with that style of thing. Oh, yeah. Now I want to drink this with that salad. Oh, Fuck, now I want to eat that I salad. I want that salad. I feel like God, you should post so the recipe. I will. It's really fucking good. Fuck, now I'm hungry. Again, hate to be predictable and base everything on the label of the bottle, but uh, that's what I did. Like I said, I really like this bottle. I find it very aesthetically pleasing. And those pretty pink balloons got me thinking about Christmas ornaments, but specifically balls. (laughs) Okay. So let's just briefly talk about the history of Christmas ornaments. Oh, we're talking about Christmas ornament balls, not testicles. Yeah. Sometimes there's crossover, but um, anyway. Do you have testicle ornaments? I don't, but I feel like I should. That does seem very on brand for you. I'm sure they're out there. I'm going to the Christmas market tomorrow. I'll see if I can find some. Perfect. (laughs) So um, I think you know where the idea of decorating a tree started. Is it Germany? Yeah. Oh, jawohl. So they used to add fruits and nuts to trees once the leaves fell off to symbolize the promise of spring to come, like outside. Oh, okay. And then in 1605, somebody, some brilliant person, brought a fir tree inside and adorned it with like paper roses, candles, more nuts, fruits. And this was groundbreaking. And everyone was like, whoa, I need to do that too. (laughs) So this custom spread like wildfire, not in a literal sense, because that would not be so good for the trees that they've brought inside. But you know what I mean. Which tend to dry out and be a fire hazard anyway. Yes. Yeah. Especially when you're putting the real candles on. But that's neither here nor there. So in the 1800s, German immigrants brought this tradition to America. And of course, you know, in America, they had to kind of make it their own. Early ornaments there were kind of just whatever families had available. We're still doing fruit, especially apples, still doing the nuts, strings of popcorn and cranberries, paper streamers, candles, and then metal foil to reflect the light in the room and make the tree glisten. Hmm. So I know what you're thinking, but what about the balls, Lucy? What about the balls, Lucy? Well, Tommy, let me tell you about the balls. <laughs> A man named Hans Breiner. Hi, Hans. Hi, Hans started making glass ball ornaments called baubles during the 1800s. 
this was, as far as we know, the first manufactured Christmas ornaments. And he was presumably inspired by the round fruits that were already hanging on the trees and just kind of jazzed it up a little bit and commercialized it. And then in the late 19th century, F.W. Woolworth brought the idea to America, where he sold more than $25 million worth per year. Damn. I know. For putting a ball on a tree? Jesus. Yeah, and we still do it. Balls everywhere. Yeah, it's like nuts and balls all over these trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are we... Are we focusing too much on nuts and balls in this podcast? I mean, probably. <laughs> Grab those nuts and balls and just come on back tomorrow. We'll be here doing the same thing again. <laughs> this has been a Tom C. Lucaitis production in association with Double Daddy Studios. Thank you for enjoying this podcast responsibly. Are we focusing too much on nuts and balls in this podcast? I mean, probably, but that's a good a reason as any to... <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, and hey, 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 wobbly winos, and welcome to Why We're We're Whining, whining. the holiday bender taking, nope, is that right? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh, shit, okay. Okay.